Welcome to the TBU Academy Birth Worker Podcast. We are going to chat all things birth work and talk to you a little bit about how we find it, how we get clients and what goes through our heads as we navigate the birth world. Hello there and welcome to the first ever episode of TBU Academy Birth Worker Podcast. I am Jade, if you don't know that already. And I'm Alex, I am the other half of Jalex. <laughs> Something we've been affectionately called for the last few years now. Yeah, never, never gets normal. Um, so we thought that we would like to start a podcast specifically for birth workers. We currently have a podcast that's more aimed at people who are pregnant um, and we wanted to create something that gave away a bit of our know-how, a bit of our business side of things, a little bit of our how to navigate the birth world kind of things for birth workers and birth workers-to-be, I suppose. Yeah, we have been asked questions a lot along the way from birth workers mm. and it's only in the last little while that we've fully separated the business yeah. into the two arms so that we can feasibly be sharing things like marketing techniques and our kind of view of the birth world mm. and birth work itself without that feeling alien to people that are just pregnant and wanting information. So splitting it up, I think, has really helped us to kind of know where we stand yeah. with it and just say whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, it means we can be a little bit more like, you know... Yeah, birthrights, which is a little bit more difficult to do when you're talking to people who are pregnant because there is a line you have to walk very carefully that is empowering, which is letting them know the truth without being terrifying. Yeah. No, so we will always kind of come at things like induction, cesarean, with, you know, you have a choice yeah. as to whether you want to have those things. And if you have decided that you would like to have those things, let's crack on with making it positive. So it doesn't really help someone who comes across us at 36 mm. weeks pregnant to be telling them there's too many inductions, which is what we want to say. It's what we all want yeah, to say. Yeah. They are not kind of giving us any benefit. They're not benefiting the humans that are involved in the process. Uh, so birth workers want to shout it from the rooftops. But when you are pregnant, you don't really want to hear that. You're no. already in your antenatal appointments being told, you know, we're going to be booking your induction for X, Y, Z. Considering like that some circumstances, you're getting an induction booked in for like 37, yeah. 38, 39 weeks. So we do have to toe that line with trying to make sure that we're not making people feel like their choices that they're already got in their mind are kind of not yeah. good enough. Yeah, absolutely. It's a difficult one, but something that we have learned over the many years we've been doing this to do. So on this first podcast, we wanted it to be Alex and I, but we also wanted to be joined by our lovely Terry, who is our resident doula. So she is popping on so that we can talk why birth work, like why did she get into birth work? Why did we get into birth work? And why is it such an important career that people who want to do it should absolutely do it. And kind of a little bit about how it impacts your life as well. Hello, Terry. How are you? Hello. Yeah, good. Thank you. you nice you, to be you. here. Yes. Um, we're very excited to have Terry join us. We will start by saying Terry was very much against joining us on this podcast because she did not want to <laughs> talk on it. And um, we have completely here. convinced her she can. We've broken her down. <laughs> yeah. It's the constant poking. Yeah, that's fine. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be, I'm, you know, I'm always happy to be part of the, the TBU gang. 
Um, so, yeah. Do you want me to kind of chat about how I got into birth work? Well, yeah, you tell us a little bit about, like, why why birth work for you? Like, what was the reasoning behind it? Because I think it's important for people to, you know, I think it's fair to say that people look up to you. They probably look up to us a bit because, you know, we've been doing this for a while and you are a seasoned doula. I'm not calling you old, but, you know, ancient. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. quotations um, and obviously as well you are a doula trainer here at tbu academy like tbu academy is us free it is all of us it's not just alex and i so i think it's really important that people know like where we're all coming from so yeah why birth sure. work like why are you doing this okay so i kind of guess we have to go back a little bit to to the beginning the beginning of time when i was born <laughs> back um, when the dinosaurs roamed the earth yeah <laughs> So really, the, 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 my birth work, the, the interest in it sparked off by having my daughter. So my daughter, Elsie, is 11. Um, she was conceived through assisted conception. Uh, my wife at the time, um, there was obviously no way that we could make a baby nice between fun. us. So I <laughs> know, missing one vital ingredient. <laughs> And so we decided to go through a clinic and use donor sperm and have assisted conception with anonymous donor. Um, And interestingly, because uh, we went down that route of assisted conception, because we were missing the vital ingredient, we automatically were kind of given or our pregnancy was given a bit more of a high risk uh, category because uh, we had assisted conception. Now, um, which, to be fair, at that point and where my mind frame was at the time was very much, well, that's fine because I kind of want an elective cesarean anyway because the thought of giving birth and pushing a baby out, I was like, no fucking way, thanks. Um, <laughs> and what all changed in the kind of course of my pregnancy was that we went to one of these baby shows, you know, where they've got like your different baby sensory things and they've got birth yeah. photographers and they've got, you know, they're trying to sell you stuff all the time. Anyway, we met these two wonderful private midwives and they were chatting away about private midwifery and happened to mention hypnobirthing. And we were like, hypnobirthing, like what the hell is that? But in mind, this is a le- well, nearly 12 years ago as well. Yeah. So before hypnobirthing was even a thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so she started chatting away to us about it. And I was like, mm, my degree's in psychology. So I'm really kind of interested in all this whole mind-body connection and whatever. And it just really spoke to me. I really kind of thought, oh, yeah, I'm dead interested in that. So we ended up doing a hypnobirthing course with one of these private midwives. And it just flipped everything on its head for me. It was like, it ignited this, yeah, this fire in me that I was like, oh my God, we have been taught wrong. You know, we've not been told the truth. What the fuck? And I went on to have an amazing birth, um, really empowered and just positive in water on a standalone birth centre, really supportive midwife who actually said, my God, like we don't see women birth babies like this. Um, You need to shout about what what this is. We've never even heard of hypnobirthing. And and that was kind of what did it for me, really. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So on my maternity leave, I started looking into different hypnobirthing. And obviously this is well before you were around. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And um, I I ended up training when my daughter was 18 months old. I trained as a hypnobirthing instructor. I still worked full time in education um, at the time. And then it was 
kind of a, a snowball effect. So from there, I kind of then started looking more into the bath world and, you know, reading up on different things and listening to podcasts. And then I was like, a few of my hypnobirthing clients asked me if I wanted to be a doula uh, and I, or their doula. And at the time I was like, oh, no, I don't know what that's all about, really. But then I looked yeah. into it and then I trained and, and, and here we are, you know, um, nine and a half years teaching hypnobirthing and about eight-ish years doulaing um and now completely birth obsessed and fiercely passionate and yeah I've given up my I gave up four years ago now I gave up my full-time job working in education to pursue this career and kind of start really give everything to my own business um and yeah here we are so now I mentor um doulas myself I mentor birth workers so I offer um that as a service and I also teach group and individual private sessions of hypnobirthing. And I'm a birth doula. Um, I'm also a clinical hypnotherapist as well. So I did that training maybe about seven years ago. Um, so I work a lot with um, like birth trauma, um, mental health, confidence, anxiety, and that type of thing. It's amazing. You've done so much over that time. And what's kept you in it? Because I think, you know, anybody listen to this will know the birth world has slowly but probably quite quickly feels like it's on fire a lot of the time at the moment like there is so much going on that feels like you know what sometimes I'm sure every birth worker feels like this like what is the point because I don't know that I can make any difference where we really we can but it feels so small like what has kept you in it yeah I guess I have well, firstly, I'm fiercely fucking stubborn. And I'm like, do you know what? Once I've set my mind to something, I'm just going to go for it. And and I know, I know in my heart that I am making a difference to the people yeah. that I'm working with. And I'll always say to, to, you know, the clients that I'm working with, I actually don't give a shit how you give birth. Yeah. Like, I really don't care. What I care about is that you feel listened to, you feel heard, mm-hmm. you feel supported, that you look back on your birth and that it's a positive experience. And so I've supported all manner of different births from like free births at home, right the way through to elective cesareans or, or even unplanned cesareans or whatever. And for me, what keeps me doing it is that the people who are li- having that lived experience are coming out feeling good about the de- decisions that they made, the choices, and knowing that they've made those fully informed decisions that are that are right for them. And that makes a difference. It makes a difference to that. You know, your birth yeah. stays with you forever, yeah. forever. And to be able to support someone and, and have that positive impact, like there's, you can't put a, price on that you know that's an amazing thing and I feel like I'm you know I'm not going to be that I'm living my dream but I I'm doing what I love (laughs) Uh, yeah Yeah. I'm doing what I love and I'm doing what I feel so fiercely passionate about and it's amazing that I you know that I can do that yeah it's incredible I think as well like when you say about um you know how they feel about it and stuff like that sometimes I think it can be tricky for new birth workers to really identify the difference that they're making if the way they're looking at it is that people are having the birth that they set out to have because in that case you can feel disappointed you know that person that wanted a home birth has instead had an unplanned cesarean or forceps birth Mm. but actually we really over the years have got so good at really listening to what those people say about their births afterwards and 
you really notice how much they come to you and say, it wasn't anything that I wanted, but it was amazing. But, yeah. Or my plan was was listened to, my birth partner was on my side. I just think I fucking smashed it. And that is the important thing, that they come out of it feeling like they've been an active participant, that they've got all the choices that they want. You know, yeah. maybe they have had an unplanned cesarean, but they have had the unplanned cesarean that was on their birth plan and not just what was dished out on the day. And that makes such a massive difference to how someone feels. And we know as birth workers that it really isn't about how you give birth. No. It can be hard to get your head around that. Um, but ultimately, if people are feeling good, we have done a fucking great job. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. mine personally, I I feel like the my wife for birth work as well, like is... Obviously, I gave birth and used hypnobirthing and it was incredible compared to my first birth. Um, but I see birth work as like a societal thing. And I truly believe that the more people that are learning about how birth isn't a terrifying thing, the more people there are that are going to go into birth feeling good about it. Therefore, there's going to be less postnatal depression. Breastfeeding rates are going to go up. And actually what you will see over the generations is a trickle down effect where that generational trauma from birth will become less and less if like people are giving birth and then they're telling their children about how birth can be amazing and how birth can be this and that. And that can make such a difference through the generations to people yeah my daughter's not scared of birth my son he's my eldest he's not scared of birth either now obviously he's never going to give birth however he may be a birth partner one day she may never give birth but she may be a birth partner one day but none of them are scared of birth they just see it as something that's amazing and fun and exciting and they understand like more nuances of it as well rather than it just being like a you know watermelon what is it they say watermelon out of uh yeah pissing a watermelon yeah. sort of thing like that yeah and it's amazing like for me that is my why for birth work like i truly believe that we can make a difference to society and to females around like the country if we can help them to feel less shit have their birth and then pass that on to their children like that for me is the biggest thing yeah absolutely I think you've hit the nail on the head with that as well with you know I want my daughter to look at her body and realize how powerful it is and how amazing it is I want her to yeah not fear birth to go into it with her her eyes open to the system that we are birthing in and to make informed decisions that feel right for her and yeah know how much of a badass she is rather than you know what I had learned all through my growing up and through my like, early adulthood was that it's scary and traumatic and painful and stressful and bloody hell you're lucky if you come out alive and and if we can make those those small ripples, you know, because they, they lead on to much, much bigger things. They do. And I think it will make a difference as well to like, especially like our daughters about their bodies. Like we are taught as women from a young age to mistrust our bodies. We are taught that our bodies are wrong because they're too fat. They're too thin. You're too wobbly here. You know, you, that your periods shouldn't work like that. They're not right. You know, all of this stuff that we are told that is wrong with our bodies from a young age. And I think that if we can teach young girls, especially, about how birth works, maybe that will start to teach them to trust their bodies. 
more. And if that may be then when they do get their first period, it's not such a scary thing because they understand where that comes from. And maybe then they will, it won't matter to them so much like how they look as they get older because their body can be more than just a thing that is, you know, there for them. Something the, to look at. The male gaze, actually, yeah. is something that is powerful and we are way more than what we look like. Our bodies can do incredible things. And for me, like, you know, it is enriched in feminism like the birth work and I don't know I mean I'm sure there are some I'm definitely are some but as far as I'm concerned birth work is feminism yeah and I think that kind of leads on to why I got into birth work which is exactly that realizing how powerful our bodies were when we weren't led to believe that that was the case Mm -hmm. Um, and I kept seeing you know I've always been very active on social media (laughs) Um, as in I have spent a, I have spent a good 10 years scrolling Facebook um, and I would notice all the time these people saying I'm not allowed that or mm. I I tried to have a home birth and then this happened and so oh, my body's just not good at giving birth and stuff like that and I thought these people are being led to believe that it's their bodies and not external factors that are actually doing a really good job of halting the birth process when the body doesn't feel safe to birth their baby. Like these people are being lied to and made to feel that it's their fault. And they are then entering parenthood feeling like they can't trust their instincts. They can't trust their bodies. And that then has that ripple effect, like you said, where they're then questioning, you know, their body's ability to produce milk or their instincts about whether their baby is well or not. And I just, I couldn't stand for that. And I couldn't stop fucking sticking my oar in, in like (laughs) Facebook groups and stuff. And so it just made sense when you and I were talking about it to just fucking get trained and start actually doing it for money. Yeah. 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 And kind of along that same line as well with the hypnotherapy side of things that I do and specializing in, um, you know, anxiety and birth trauma, um, one of the reasons why I continue to do the hypnobirthing and the doulering on top of the therapy side of my business is because actually that is going to reduce the amount of birth trauma that we're seeing. You yeah. know, ultimately, if people feel in control, if they know that they have options and choices and then they can make the decisions that are right for them, we are going to reduce birth trauma. Because birth trauma isn't even necessarily about the actual birth itself once it's unpicked I I work a lot with with this and we we kind of unpick and we talk about where those feelings sit and more often than not the the feelings of the trauma will sit in the being out of control the being not listened to the being told that things are being done to their body and they have no idea what's going on and that's where the trauma lies in the care that they've been given. Well, if they're really up to speed with, you know, what to expect from the system that is, you know, quite obstetric led when it comes to to bo- the women's bodies and Bertha's bodies, yeah. then actually they're, they're not going in on that bo- back foot and they feel more in control. And therefore, we're then reducing the amount of trauma that's coming through at the system. It's funny, isn't it, that we as humans don't like to feel like we aren't in control of our own bodies. Like, what a bizarre concept. Like, And it's like this lie that's been peddled, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Like, you know, oh, you can't, you can't plan birth. You can't be in control of it. Like, no, you can't be like, I'm going to go into labor this Wednesday and my baby's going to be born at 8 p.m. You can't plan it to that degree. No. But you can plan what you will accept, what your options are. And that is really our job as birth workers to go get in front of people and remind them 
constantly that they are the person with all the control. They never have to accept something they don't want. They can always ask for an alternative. And just knowing that puts the control in their hands and they know that maybe an induction wasn't their uh, first plan, but they've weighed up the pros and cons and they've decided that that's the right decision for them. And they've gone in knowing that they can say no at any time, that they can still have so many elements of their birth plan. And as a result, so often people aren't coming out and feeling like, oh, it all just went out the window. My birth plan went out the window or I wanted that and then the induction didn't work. My body just didn't do it. When actually they've got a better understanding of actually... The induction was the thing that failed and it wasn't yeah, you. It was the system that failed you rather really than your good. body. Yeah. The system has got a lot to answer for. And we are almost an antidote to that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, we are there trying to basically a nice big fuck you to the system. Um, and I think sometimes with people that don't necessarily understand, they think that means that we are anti anti NHS anti-healthcare um, professionals and that's not the case whatsoever I am anti-bullying I am anti-coercion those things I don't like so if a healthcare professional is doing those things then yes I am anti that healthcare professional I'm anti that trust however if the healthcare professional is acting in a way in which they have agreed to act which is what they you know all should be doing when they come out of university they agree to a certain conduct um, and if they follow that and do that then I am happy that they are doing their job. If they are giving both sides of the, these are the pros of doing this, these are the cons of doing this, let's talk that through then. Yes, great healthcare professional. However, we are finding more and more that there is definitely a um, uh, a place that is being used of professional opinion, um, being used a hell of a lot with healthcare professionals um, that often isn't fact. And this is where the anger of birth workers come from when it comes to those sort of things. It's not yeah, that we are anti Because that makes things. us really bloody mad, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it totally does. Like when we had that client who she'd had a cesarean, she'd also had a previous vaginal birth. Yeah. I think her story was that she had had a traumatic vaginal birth that had ended in a forceps birth. Yeah. And then she'd had an elective cesarean and she was pregnant third time and decided she'd like to have a VBAC. And she'd done a hypnobirthing course. She was feeling really good about her chances. And then she had a consultant appointment where the consultant said to her, you think you're having a VBAC, but that's because you're a woman and women are irrational. And of course we were oh livid. Yeah. And she yeah. went on to have a VBAC. Of course she At did. a different hospital. We a said to change hospital. hospitals. Like we said, you need to make a complaint if you feel like you're able to. But I would highly recommend if you do feel able to, that you do. And also if you are near another hospital and you would be up for changing, I would highly recommend doing that. And I guess like the thing is, she had us. I'm not yeah. trying to toot our own horn, but we had a video call with her in which we like bigged her up and we we're like, no, that person is wrong. Yeah. You can make it a complaint about that. That is not fact whatsoever. Yeah. This well, this is, is what I was going to say with you happening. know, we are. This is the this is the waves. This is the change that we're making because had that that Bertha not had you had she not invested in her antenatal education and got to know her rights and all of her choices then that would potentially be very very different you know i've been in situations as well as a doula where i've been in sitting in a in a um a room with a bertha and you know the consultant and the consultant has kind of s- said some things that i'm like mm, 
we know that that's not actually like, but really, you know, like, yeah, we've kind of done the whole like risks and benefits. And I remember a consultant saying, oh, well, the benefits of a, you know, of another cesarean, because you've already had one of this and the risks of giving birth vaginally after a, um, a cesarean of this. And I was like, hang on, you've totally skewed that. That like you've talked about the benefits of what you want them to do and the risks of what you don't want them to do. But if I, you know, if that that person didn't invest in a doula or didn't like do their research or whatever, then that would have sounded like an overwhelming thing. Like, oh, my God, well, OK, I definitely need to be going down the line of what you're telling me then, you know. Yeah. 100%. But that's where we the change all... comes. Yeah, and we can all skew figures and things to our own narrative, can't we? Like, you know, Terry's got a headband on now. I could start telling you how wearing headbands can cut off the flow of blood to um, parts of your brain. And if I say I it could, in a certain way, yeah. you will start to believe I me. I could tell you how many people last year were hit by cars wearing headbands. Like, that fact <laughs> and is And I would know that it's because you're bloody jealous of my headband, that's all. <laughs> but, you know, we can all do this kind of thing. And that's what we see. And this is where birth work is so important. Like if there are people here that are birth workers already, like you are doing an incredible job, what you are doing, it really matters. Even at times when it seems like it's really hard you are doing an incredible job just by putting that information out there. And if there are people listening that aren't birth workers yet, but are thinking about doing it, do it. Because the more of us out there, the more of us teaching, the more of us doulering, the better the birth world gets. And that, like we said, it is a trickle down effect. And that is what we need. That is what we want. And that is what the world deserves. The world can be a scary place. And especially at the moment. And it is these little steps of resistance because that's what this is. This is a resistance. This is an uprising yeah to put it revolution it is a revolution and not all revolution is marching in the streets and shouting some revolution is done some uprisings are done small little bits one at a time that and when you group them together they're a lot you know one ant on its own is nothing but a group of ants together can literally pick up things like 15 times the size of them or something ridiculous like and and i think that's where the community comes in we've obviously got our birth worker community in which we're all part of we can offload into there to people who understand we've got people like yourself terry who offer mentoring so we can go and have a debrief if that's what we need after after a birth and i think if you want to be a birth worker long term you really need to prioritize looking after yourself finding that community and being able to do things that are healthy in order to be able to do this long term and be able to do good whilst having the life yeah. that you deserve. Yeah, yeah. for it to be sustainable, you have to look after yourself because, as we said at the very beginning, the bath was on fire. Yeah. Right. And so we're just fighting fires quite a lot of the time. And however amazing and you get these oxytocin highs of, you know, being at a birth where that birth felt powerful and, you know, whatever. It's just taking on a lot. There's potentially a lot of underground background work that's gone into getting that, you know. So Mm -hmm. I'm always banging on about looking after yourself and self-care and, yeah, birth debriefs and just making sure that you have that space to be able to professionally offload the stuff yeah. that you hear about even the stories from your clients and things you know yeah I'm I'm forever ever going on about that um but I just want to kind of pull it back to something that you said a minute ago Jade about um you know um the the amount of people and if you feel that this is you and, and if birth work is calling to you um 
what I have noticed when we've kind of been talking on our Instagram and things about, um, you know, doula training in, in this area and hypnobirthing and training in this area and whatever, yeah. people say things like, oh, there's a doula down the road from me or there's yeah. a hypnobirthing practitioner around the corner. And what I just want to say with that is that there absolutely is enough for us all to be doing what we're doing. The more people there are, the more words getting out there, the more work yeah. birth is changing, the more positive birth, the less birth trauma. And like in my trust, um, my rough statistics for births per month are around 400-ish births, wow. right? So that's 400 a, a month. Now, okay, so there might be someone down the road from me but I'm, you know, I'm running a little little business here mm. and they're running their little business. And actually, that's totally fine because we're both yeah. doing the same thing. And there's plenty of work there. There's plenty yeah. of people that need educating. So if you're like listening to this thinking, oh, bloody, I would love to do that. But my hypnobirthing practitioner who taught me is only 10 minutes down the road. So I can't yeah. then set up a business in her patch or whatever. Yeah. That I would say the majority of birth workers or most definitely the TBU group there's no yeah. such thing as competition we're not all out there trying to get no. all the clients we're just getting enough clients that we can work with and we're all yeah. we're all fighting towards the same goal and the same aim which is that birth is viewed more positively and people have more positive experiences yeah I yeah. think you've said that and I think I mean what you're basically saying is we will not stop until there is a birth worker on every corner because, because that's be. what we need it really is um, we are going to wrap up now because I think that's a beautiful place to end on. Terry, can we agree that this isn't hasn't been as awful as you thought it was going to be? No, to be fair, I don't think you're going to have to do much editing at all, which no. I'm very pleased about. You've done brilliantly. Um, and so we will see Terry again on this podcast, so don't worry about it. We might even try and get her back every other week. So <laughs> Imagine. Uh, yeah, imagine. Thank you very much, Terry. Oh, it's been lovely. lovely. We'll speak soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. We hope you loved it. If you want more of this, then follow the podcast for more episodes. You can come and catch us on the gram at TBU underscore Academy. If you're already a birth worker, we can't wait to get to know you. And if you're a birth worker to be, we can't wait to train you. Bye. Bye.